He's got a chance for his first game winner as a Titan right here. Standing on the arrowhead at arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Kern to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! Ryan Suckup has given the Titans a 19-17 win at Arrowhead. Welcome along to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. It's Adam, Miles and Greg with you today with, well, little intimate gathering as it gets towards Christmas. People are more busy with actual lives rather, rather than doing this, which is fair enough. How are we both? Very well. I've got no life, yeah. clearly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Miles, to be fair, just to, to warn anybody, uh, Manchester City are about to play and they may just be kicking off right now against Oxford. 20 so seconds in. <laughs> he's going to be distracted. So we've, we've kind of got two and a half people. I'm hearing spirit. <laughs> when we're 5-0 down, I'll turn it off and you'll have my full attention. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You know, you could. Yeah, this, Although... this doesn't sound like Miles. Miles is normally the. Uh, the oh, it's very different with Oxford. It's very different with Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> My question, though, is if Oxford somehow get a result, does this mean for every Oxford game from now on, you'll have to be recording a podcast while they're playing? Oh, yeah. If it's not on this one, I'm going to have to make up a separate podcast where I'm just talking about things just to, yeah. Why yourself? We've... We finally, I, I don't think finally Ross lost is the right word, but we did lose on Saturday, so I no longer have to listen to talk sport on a Saturday at three o'clock, so I'm free from that superstition, ready for a new one. <laughs> well, this could be it. Uh, we'll try and oblige <laughs> by recording a podcast every time Oxford play. But, um... oh, no. Right, I, I have got a, a little quiz for you. Um, and we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it tra- it goes with two of you. But um, basically, it's going to be you're going to have to name the Tennessee Titan. Um, and what I'm going to do is give you a a career in terms of a, a year span from two, um, and then a list of teams in order that that player has played for. And if by the end of that, you're still struggling. I may give you the player's position, um, which will be a, a, a mixed bag. Um, I, doubt that, I doubt that will help, I'll be honest. But we'll be <laughs> um, what I might do is, if you if you know, shout your name and have a guess. But if you get it wrong, you've frozen out the question until the other person's had a guess and then you're back in. That. Or you, Sounds you good can kind me. of take it in turns from that point. Um, so interrupt if you think you know before I've read out the stuff so let's see how this goes let's see first up 2006 to 2016 and this player played for San Diego then Seattle back to San Diego then Tennessee Indianapolis and Cleveland So 2006 2016 was his entire career, just to confirm. Yes, yes. Ended and in Cleveland. Ended in Cleveland. And this player's position was quarterback. 
the only person I can think whose career has ended in Cleveland is Taywan Taylor, and he's not definitely not a quarterback, and he definitely didn't finish. I'm in not sure he's a receiver either. Uh, I don't think anyone knows really what he is, but his career is definitely ending in Cleveland, put it that way. Um, quarterback. Any ideas? Clearly. We, we were in the middle of middle of that pack of teams, which could mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> and now I'm just yeah, trying, to think, just... trying to go back to my my own quiz of uh, from from two weeks ago when we did the quarterback one. Yeah, he would he would have been on there. So he started a game for the Titans then, okay. 2006, 2016. It's Have we just been at the same point? It's not Mettenberger. Um, 2006, 2016. Hasselbeck? No, I'll, uh, I'll put you out of your misery. Famous for holding a clipboard while looking like Jesus. Uh, Mr. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to say it on someone's Twitter today and I just thought, no, there's no chance he would have done that to us, but you did. He is my <laughs> my favourite, sort of, my secret favourite QB of all time, um, as as you may have seen now, yesterday. I didn't realise he quit in 2016, I thought it was before that. <laughs> it may as well, well have been. Felt like it. <laughs> okay, next, next question, 2001 to 2010, and we go from Atlanta to Tennessee and finishing up in New England and this player was a tight end tight end tight end finishing in 2010 Neil will be screaming is the answer here (laughs) I'm ready for a message from him (laughs) (laughs) ah no I know I'll say my name because that's what we're supposed to be doing yep yep break Crumpler, algae crumpler. Yeah, well done. Okay, well, I'm I'm done now. See you later. You need to, you need to carry us because I'm not going to offer any assistance. <laughs> <laughs> so you said right. Neil, Neil will be shouting at us like, oh, no. yeah, that was a sort of deliberate clue because yeah, I think cool. he's any quiz he'll guess algae crumpler at some point. <laughs> 2009 to 2018, uh, just two teams. Washington and then Tennessee. So what? What years again? Sorry. 2009 to 2018. Now retired. Washington and then Tennessee. Oh. Um, oh, is it um, uh, Miles? I'm thinking a rock pole, but that's not right, is it? It is right. right yeah. Oh. Spot on. Well done. Okay. 2010 to 2017. Denver. New York Jets and finishing up at Tennessee. Uh, and we are talking about a wide receiver. Ah, Greg. Yes. Um, Eric Decker. Correct. Yep. Decker, Decker the dropper. Decker, <laughs> Decker the dropper. <laughs> All right. Now <laughs> strap yourselves in and you you may you may you may want to interrupt because it's going to be a long list of teams here and it's two, it's 2005 to present to present Ooh, okay current player st louis cincinnati buffalo tennessee houston new york jets tampa bay 
Miami. Oh, it's uh, Miles. It's Fitzmagic. It is correct. Two all uh, the scores on the doors. Right, 2014 to present. Well, I say present. I don't think he's currently with a team. Um, but let's see. Kansas City, Chicago, LA Rams, Tampa Bay, Tennessee. Chiefs, Bears, Rams. Who are sorry? Buccaneers, Titans. Buccaneers, Titans. And this is a kicker. Ah, uh, Greg. Yes. Santos. Cairo Santos. Correct. Next one. 2008 to present. Just two teams. Denver and Tennessee. 2008 to present. And we are talking about a linebacker. Currently without a team, I'm guessing. No, no. Oh, so he's with us now. Yeah. Oh, um, oh no. Uh, Miles, I guess. Is it Woodyard? Did we get from Denver? Did, oh. yeah, correct. Um, your correct answers, you're going to precede them all by saying, no, this isn't right. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was too obvious. I, I, was, I was looking, I was yeah. thinking of someone more obscure, and I was like. Yeah, just... I, I was convinced the Rackpo had been somewhere else, but obviously not. Okay. 2011 to present. Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Atlanta. Place of Atlanta now. Yeah, and it's a tight ah, end. Greg. Yes. Luke Stocker. Well, well done. Yeah. 4 3 to you. All right. Going back a little bit. 1998 to 2015. Started in Green Bay, then Seattle, Tennessee, and finished up in Indianapolis. And rather than tell you a position, I'll tell you that he's been guessed already for a different question. Jesus. Oh, my short-term memory. <laughs> ah, Greg. Yeah. The quarterback. Hasselbeck. Yes. yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. I forget where he's been. Green Bay is quite forgetful. Yeah, that's the one that drafted him. That's what threw me originally. That's what threw me originally. I was thinking, I can't remember him playing for Green Bay, but I remember him obviously going to the Colts, and I was thinking, there's not many players that go from us to the Colts. So, yeah, that's all back. Of course. All right. 2011 to present. Philadelphia, Cleveland, Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee. Greg. Yes, Greg. It's got to be New England. It's got to be Logan Ryan. Incorrect. Miles. Um, well, you are now going to get the position, which may give it away. And that would be running back. Oh, it's the screen king. <laughs> uh, Mr. Dion Lewis. It is indeed. I literally am so angry. <laughs> so it angry. One. It's the other one. So I, I was like, where the, did <laughs> Butler get drafted in New England? <laughs> All right, 5-4 to you, Greg. Um, That's a lot closer than the Oxford game's going to be. <laughs> nil nil so far. <laughs> All right, 2002 to 2011. Tennessee, Washington, New England, Tampa Bay. 
2002 to 2011. Oh, so he finished in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, 2002. Jeez. Um, sorry, say things again. Sorry. Tennessee. Tennessee, Washington, New England, Tampa Bay, and this is a defensive tackle. Like to use his feet. You know, sometimes a long time ago, on top of people's heads. That's going to be a clue for Donkey ah. Kong suit then. Um. <laughs> Yes, Greg. Yeah. Definitely didn't follow the money to Washington either. It's not about the money at all. <laughs> all right. Um, 1995 to 2011. Oh, now now we're going back. <laughs> Only got a couple more after this. Right. Carolina. New Orleans. New York Giants. Oakland. Tennessee. Indianapolis, another one going from Tennessee to Indianapolis. Maze has been so many. Must have found them all. <sighs> and <laughs> this is another quarterback. Quarterback. Ah, oh, no, great. Yeah. Sir Kerry Collins. <laughs> Sir? <laughs> Sir? Sir Collins. Salute to. <laughs> okay. 2013 to present. New Orleans, Tennessee. That's it. Are you still with us now? Yeah. I should know this. And his position would be safety. Uh, Greg. Yes. Is it Kenny Vaccaro? It is indeed Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah, I know. I'm annoyed I didn't get it, actually. <laughs> All I kept thinking when you said New Orleans and Tennessee in my head was... Jared Cook, Jared Cook. That's the exact that's same. the other way around. So. <laughs> um, with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to bin the Jared Cook question that was next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Jared Cook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> last one. You may have won already, but last one. 2008 to 2017. Tennessee, New York Jets, Arizona. And I think you can get this without the position. He yeah. says. No pressure. That means, that means it's obvious. Uh, Tennessee. What? Sorry, what years again? 2008 to 2017. Retired a Cardinal in 2017. Well, actually, I think he's he's come back and retired as a Titan. I think that happened last year. Oh, Greg. Oh, my, oh you know it. Yeah, yeah, CJ. Johnson, well done. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> yep, you... Uh, <laughs> well done, Greg. Good, good memory on some of those. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm, I, I should leave now, just in case. You can only go downhill from there. <laughs> no, no, no disgrace at all in that quiz. Unlike some of the ones that I've attempted. To, <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> right back, back to the present day. Then we've well, sadly, the winning streak is over. Um, maybe that's due to not wearing navy britches for a fifth game in a row i can't say or well maybe let's try and work it out what where did it all go wrong on sunday oh, I, I, it almost felt like it didn't go wrong because of how we outperformed them like offensively but i think we all said at the same time when it happened that fumble interception 
that went for 84 yards. We all said it was a 14-pointer, wasn't it? The moment it happened, it was just... It was a soccer punch, really. Um, I'd, I'd spent the whole past month being so optimistic about how we were going to come out there and destroy them. And I think early on after the interception by Vicaro, we've shown signs that, yeah, we can go up the field and we can really get this game by the scruff of the neck. But that interception was just, yeah, a sucker punch, really. And from then on, it just it, it almost just felt inevitable. Even though we got going in the second half, it was just it was just one of them, wasn't it? It just it sort of felt like that was the game already done early on. I think a few of us were saying, like, if we don't score now, it's it's done before half time. And sadly, with that blocked field goal, that's how it ended up being. I mean, it, it, you you mentioned the Vicaro interception, which I think was the the Texans' first drive, and they were mm-hmm. moving the ball pretty well. And I, yep. I thought, okay, we we we're going to need to do something on defense here. And that that moment with Vicaro. And what was a typical, well-schemed Dean P's play, um, you know, disguising the look and everything else, uh, and thinking, okay, this this might not go so badly today. And from that from that point until Ferks are being hit, as you mentioned, it looked pretty good, and and it looked good, I thought, for various stages afterwards as well. It just that that one moment was the difference. And I think you're right. I think we were the better team offensively. There was there was a mix. I think there was a few there was a few moments because there was back and forth. There was there was moments where um, you know we got the big play, like you said, the first drive, Vicaro's interception. We're all thinking, great. We've I think at that time they were moving the ball nicely. It looks like they were about to go and go and get the score. Um, so yeah, that was a big moment. But yeah, I mean, I think Miles hit the nail on the head. The moment uh, for Ferkser, I think it's unfortunate. But that interception, um, that was just it just sucked all the energy and all the all the momentum that the team had in that drive, but also the crowd, everyone. It just all went very quiet and very. And even later down the line, when you look at, um, I think Watson's second interception, uh, where again they were moving the ball nicely, they must have been down at the what, might be one yard line. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they. Again, we think you think this is going to be a turning point, but I think the difference mm. was is that they they capitalised on that moment, or and the moments that they had, they capitalised on enough to get enough to win it. And I think the field goal, I don't know. I mean, gotta say it has kind of cost us that that it was the difference between the two teams in the end. Who knows what yeah, would have happened if it, had, if it had gone to if it had gone to overtime? You've you've got to, you kind of have to say that that moment has has kind of cost us that potentially that game. I know there's other many other factors to it, but the I'm, I'm not so, I'm not so sure because uh, the the fourth quarter plays out very differently if we've got three more points. Possibly, um, and the the, te- the Texans when they've got they're driving down the the field and they kicked a they kicked a field goal when it was 21-14 to go 10 in front. I don't think they, they play that drive in the same way. If, if Possibly, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, pro- it's... probably right. But you, you you look at this year, and I think actually I took a... And obviously it's easy to look at it this way because it's it's one of those ones. But there's the kicking problem is, is probably the biggest concern. I think we'll come and talk a bit more about that in detail later. But essentially, four of the losses that we've had, we've missed... Fine, hold on. Basically, nine field goals. In, See, in I, I 
my view on this, and and it's not insignificant. I think the only game it one hundred percent would have changed the result was the the Bills game, where Cairo Santos yeah. missed for he just went to pieces, and that was that was yeah. it for him. I think some of the others there've been possibly possibly have was still won. The pa- yeah. oh, I mean, three three missed three missed field goals three missed field goals in a I mean in a twenty thirty game I don't know I mean that you can't miss three field goals in a game you can't, just can't do it I mean it's three drives that that are, mm-hmm. you don't get you don't get that many many opportunities to put points on the board and even if it's three or seven or three or six whatever you want you look at it you don't have those opportunities and. It could have, like, you're absolutely right. I think I'm not saying that that is the, the sole reason we lost that game. It certainly wasn't the sole reason. Uh, there was just big moments that Houston capitalised on at the right time for them. And as soon as they did that, it was just always we <laughs> like we 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 come back kings in the second half this year. We, we're a second half team. Everyone says that, and that's what we are in fairness. But going in half time, two scores down. It was uh, a lot yeah. of work to do it, against a massive team. amount of work. Yeah, against a team mm-hmm. that are, with all due respect, they're a better side than some of the teams we've played more recently, like the Raiders, for example. Um, you know, we turned it on in that second half, and and it was a, in the end, a comfortable, comfortable scoreline. The Texans are a better team than that. Being, being two scores down at halftime is yeah, one hundred percent. You don't want to be in that position, which unfortunately we were. It was so, the fact that we weren't even on the board. I mean, and it, and it's yeah, we'll go back to the the Ferks, uh, yeah. You know, he's a he's a yard away from scoring. And it reminded me of the the Super Bowl where it's the Cardinals are in a similar position on the field just before half time in that game, and James Harrison, well, actually quite a similar type of play actually, mm. and. And in this case, he obviously wasn't a hit. It was just he just intercepted it. He jumped the route, and James Harrison somehow <laughs> returned the ball for a touchdown, which effectively okay, Johnu Smith chased him down, which by the way was incredible. But it it may as well have been because they they scored shortly afterwards. Um, yeah, if we were an Arizona Cardinals podcast in two thousand and nine, we're probably having a similar conversation about that moment because again, it was a close game, small margins. Um, but a 14-point swing, yeah, I mean, I, I get the suck-up stuff. Um, I get, yeah, the kick was blocked, but arguably was too low to have to have made it anyway. Or, or the fact that so it was so low, it meant, it meant it was blocked when it otherwise wouldn't have been. I get that, but I don't feel that that moment cost us the game. We could have, no, no, we could have I, I, that. Like I, can't, I don't think I can put a, uh, it on a single moment. I mean, we're talk, we're talk, we've talked about the Thurks one, which was massive. Don't get me wrong, it really was. But... I, there was so much time still to play in the game that mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say that 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 interception, uh, the freak that it was, unfortunately, because it. I mean, he had it pretty solid. I mean, the hit that he took and the fact it, the way it came out, and the fact that the linebacker whose name has escaped me again, um, that's the one. He yeah, the fact he, he was literally it fell into his lap. Yeah, was just incredibly mm-hmm. unfortunate. Uh, got to have a shout out for Johnny Smith though. The hustle that he uh, to get to basically he must have done a ninety-five yard run to to get back and make that tackle, uh, and even though it kind of in the end kind of came to nothing because uh, so they went and scored the touchdown anyway, it was uh, it was uh, yeah credit to him on that. It wasn't the only amazing bit of running he he did with the lo- the longest rush by a tight end since nineteen seventy six. That was a great stat, yep. and he, he looked like Derek Henry. 
And I, 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 I didn't realise it wasn't him. When, when that well, I was really scored. annoyed. I was really annoyed because um, watching the game on Sky Sports over here, they missed the beginning of that play. So I genuinely did think it was Derek Henry. I'm thinking, don't do your hamstring. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, it's John o. Smith. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was um, a great run by him. He's, he's, he's one that I think we've talked about on previous co- uh, podcasts and how well he's played and, and how much he stepped up in, in Walker's absence and... Uh, he just seems to be getting better and better, and it's it's actually really great to see because I was probably even last year potentially, or, or certainly early part of last year, if you'd said to me, right, you know, pick all the players you you want to keep uh, right now, he would have been one I'd be like, nah, not bothered. Like it would have probably would have said, yeah, I'm happy for him to to go. But this now he's become, in my opinion, anyway, an integral part of the team, which is great to see. He's turned into the number one tight end and the number two running back in one game. <laughs> Poor Dion, he got he a touchdown. It. He got a touchdown. Let, leave Dion alone. <laughs> leave Dion he alone. Can't, he can't have overtaken Dion. Surely that's not correct. Uh, maybe it is. He definitely got more rushing yards than Dion did on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday, but he didn't get the touchdown that Dion did. So Very let's good. give Dion. Let's give Dion a break for one week. Before <laughs> well, before Sunday, I'm. I think that Dion was fourth in our rushing stats behind, obviously, Henry, but behind Mariota and Tannehill. Yeah, I read about that. I um, think you might have mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, apologize. I may have said that on the, the podcast before. Apologies if I did. Uh, but that I'm, probably isn't the case anymore. In fact, D- Dion, let's be fair, I thought had You're a right. decent game. A bit, bit more of a workload with Henry managing that injury. Yeah, I think he did okay. I mean, I... I he looked, I mean, he looks more of a threat than I've seen him since. And I think I've said this a few times in the past. The last time I saw him have a, a good game was in London, which was, you know, now 14 months ago. Um, but that was that's probably the best I've seen him. And you know what? It is, he, he needs to get into games. You can't just chuck him in for two, three carries a game. He needs to kind of go in, get a couple of carries under his belt. Try and find a gap. If he finds a gap, he can. He can. You know, he's, he's still got still pretty quick, and he can find. Uh, and, he, and actually, even his touchdown. To be fair to him, he was kind of bulldozed his way over the line. Um, yeah, he's. Don't get me wrong. He's one that I wouldn't lose sleep over if he if he moved on in the off season. But credit where it's due. I thought he actually he did all right considering. Um, one one of the things I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna talk about before we started we moved on to Dion Lewis was um the Houston wide receivers having fuller back made so mm. much difference for them. Yeah. And you yeah. can see that straight away. Like they they were a double threat with him and Hopkins and that's why Kenny Stills got so much success because he was just constantly being left open essentially. Um two touchdowns in, in the in the second quarter for him and which were virtually identical. Literally, yeah. I mean if you watch them back to back you wouldn't know which one's Same which. play call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the um in in regards for, I mean, Fuller is just it's not only the deep threat that he has; he's just he is a threat across the field. And mm-hmm. when you've got so much double coverage on Hopkins for obvious reasons, uh, you then got to try and try and cover Fuller at the same time. It, it will open up opportunities for the likes of Kenny Stills, and they use their tight ends quite a bit. I think Fells has had quite a bit of success this year for that. So. They they kind of there was a few drives where they they played it really well and also probably one of the biggest criticisms this week for me from the de- from the defensive point of view was how much success Carlos Hyde had he, he played probably the game he's had all, all best game he's had all year mm-hmm. the gaps that he was finding were normally pretty good on on, on the run defense side they just didn't feel like 
I felt like I was getting far too much success. He was he was beating our linebackers like for speed. Yeah, I, I, just, I was watching a, not the sort of plays where we haven't really well, haven't given up that that sort of play um, against anyone else. And may, maybe I've estimated how under, underestimated how quick Carlos Hyde was, or maybe the the defense had. Um, but um, yeah, b- bouncing outside, he's just he's beating Brown, um, Rashawn Evans, people like that. Just speed, which which I suppose you'd expect. Um, yeah, I think that that may be if I'm going to criticise Dean P's caught caught us on the hop a little bit. I mean, there was a statistic that I read today that I think Houston are third on the list of um, running backs who um, yards before contacted. So as in, he's getting the ball and he's getting a couple of yards step before he's actually getting touched. I think it was Baltimore, and I can't remember who the other team was, which I thought was quite a surprise, which it almost looked a lot of the time where he was getting untouched early on, and that's why he was getting onto the linebacker level, which is a statistic which I had no idea about going into the game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're... their numbers are decent. Yeah. Um, so. so, I mean, following on from what we were saying about the game, where I felt it almost didn't feel like a loss because of how we were outperforming, You've got to give their, I mean, I think it was Cunningham, their linebacker, had a hell of a game in terms of solid tackling. I think all throughout the game, Houston's defense, every tackle that was getting made was was solid, whereas they had a couple of, like you said, breakaways with Hyde where we were missing the first tackle, giving them them extra downs. I think every sort of play that Brown had where he had the chance to get some yards after the catch, he was being wrapped up and wrapped up really well. So... I felt like the Houston team really showed up, especially the defense. Um, oh, they they Hopkins, were up for it big time. Yeah. I mean, Hopkins, we always knew was going to get plays, and there's an argument to say he's the best receiver in the league. And we, we knew that the threat that because Fuller's there and we were so depleted with our defensive backs, it was going to happen. But the game, yeah, the game just didn't feel like a loss. I know, even though like there was all the, I mean, we all became Bills fans afterwards, thinking about um, <laughs> getting through that way instead. But, um, I don't know. I still, I mean, maybe because I've still got my super positive head on. I still saw plenty of positives in the game. Yeah, we're, we've got some key injuries in big positions, mainly at the defense. And what was the guy that we got from Arizona, Brock or something? Has he? Was it Brock? Oh yeah, Train, yeah. Train Brock. Yeah. Is he gone yet? Because I'm hoping he is. Because I'm willing to play. I'm willing to play the position, and I think I'll actually make more tackles. Um. <laughs> But no, we 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 knew it was it was a position where we were low on numbers, and they've got three receivers who are very capable of making plays, and with a yeah, running that, game. That area of the field was always a mismatch. Exactly, and because we had a chance to kick on in that game, but because of how well their defense was tackling, we weren't getting the extra positive yards, even though it felt like early on we might do. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way they were tackling and defending, especially. The only thing, the only thing I can't criticize, well, I can criticize Brock for, but also I can't is that he tried to take Fuller out of the game with that face mask. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was trying to give the guy a whiplash. Yeah, I thought um, it was his shoulder. I thought, <laughs> yeah. at first, I thought at first glance he'd made an incredible tackle, and then oh, you watch the replay. Then you watch, <laughs> then you watch, watch the, the replay. replay. Yeah, yeah you're just like, yeah. I mean, that's he's, how he did it. His head does almost three sixty in it. It's, it's yeah, but I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree completely with you, Miles. I think that they're. they're Defense. The one thing I find with Houston, when I, when I have watched them, they're a team that they need to go ahead. They need to be. Uh, they always need to be kind of in control of a game. You look at the game against the Pats, for example, that they were always in control of it. If they go behind, that's when you 
they get a bit tetchy. They don't, you know, they're not, yeah. And then that's when they go and, you know, get results like they did against Denver, for example. I find that obviously we're a team that's the other way around where we'll struggle for a bit or, you know, certainly, certainly kind of keep maybe a within a score and then just power through in the second half and just put Derek Henry and just run, run it down their throats. So it was a bit of a, a, a mismatch in that respect because Houston thrive on being ahead and being two scores ahead at half time, they would have absolutely loved. But I mean, it did feel like a defeat for me personally, because it obviously was, uh, and I was not nice to be around on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but obviously I kind of, when you do watch it back a little bit, or when you kind of think about the game and, 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 and break it down a little bit more, you, you I can kind of hundred percent see where, where you're coming from. It doesn't definitely doesn't feel like, it was anywhere near as bad as it probably felt on Sunday, but um, yeah, it's one. It's one of those ones where it was just it, for me. It was just a missed opportunity, and that was what frustrated me the most on Sunday. It was just there was an opportunity there to go and um, you know really put ourselves in that picture, and to the point of I mean I, I read somewhere on Twitter someone was tweeting saying oh it was it was like a free game, and I was like well that's a load of rubbish because now we're having to rely on other. It's a divisional game. That's. Crazy. Um, I felt that, and I don't I've, like that. <laughs> I feel a bit philosophical about it, actually, personally, because we've the Chiefs game sticks out with a, a bit of freakishness going on, and we had no right to win that game. The Chargers game, where they messed up again. Let's be let's be frank about it. Um, we've got nicked a couple of wins there, and this felt like one that could have could have gone our way, didn't. But in a, in a similar vein, if we don't quite make the playoffs and we look back at the end of the season, I don't think this is the game I'm going to be angry about. In truth, I think you, you've got to go back to the first half a dozen games of the season, really. And, and it's a that, that, game for me. We can't lose sight of that. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want to. I don't want to go all. Let's blame Marcus or blame what we were doing as a team in the early part of the season. Um, there's no point. And you know, we, that, that'll be done to death, or it has been done to death. You know, we didn't look like a team with any chance of the playoffs a few weeks back. So to be where we are is a great achievement. And yeah, this, this shouldn't change. It, well, in my eyes, it doesn't change the work that Brabel, the work that Tannehill have done in, in bringing this team from a bit of a laughing stock to suddenly talked about as one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL, which is which is where we're at, and we're still there. I mean, if we if we can if we can get out of this season at a minimum nine seven, I think yeah, I'd be I'd be absolutely static when when you think about it. Yeah, if we don't make the playoffs, it'd be frustrating because I kind of feel like we've got a team that's capable of getting in there now. But you do look back to those first six weeks, and you look back to the Denver game, you look back to the Bills game, you look back to the Jags games. Those three in particular. Uh, do give me nightmares. Even the Colts game, actually, as well. All, all four of the losses we had in those first six were all, you know, all frustrating as hell. Um, but yeah, I think if we can come out with a, a winning record this year, I think you've got to kind of mark it as a success from week six onwards, obviously. Um, but then that makes it for me even more frustrating because I don't know. I was listening to uh, a few guys on on a different podcast, and they were saying how. Uh, yeah, Tannehill was always uh, Vrabel's kind of man, and and obviously they've uh, they made the decision when they made it to kind of you know, give Mario to the chance. It was a front office against back office battle, or whatever it may may be. And 
it does make me wonder, you know, would we have had this same effect with, with Tannehill starting week one? Possibly. I'm not sure whether he would have. I think he f- just thrived on the opportunity of, of of taking a team after, you know, six weeks. Would he have come in and done that for an entire season? Probably not. Um, but the He'd same have had time, a lot more pressure on him. 100%. Uh, That's enough, of, yeah. 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 And, and then at the same time, you're thinking... Would we have had a different record? I don't think we would have. I think we probably, if anything, could have been worse off. So the way it's worked is the way it's worked. And I think hopefully we can do enough to get over the line and, and you know, sneak a wild card spot or hopefully the Bucks will do us a favour and we'll go and beat the Texans and everything everything looks kind of dandy again. But we'll see what we'll see what happens. And if it comes down to that we miss out on the on the division from a essentially a tiebreaker situation or because their rec- divisional record is better. Uh, that would really frustrate me because that Jags game, I think I said in the podcasts earlier in the season how much that game frustrated me because the Jags are absolutely horrendous team. Um, and we saw that in the second time that we met them. So, yeah, I think, but yeah, I agree. I think we, we if you look back at the season as a whole, um, you, you, you kind of feel like there's a lot to kind of look forward to. We've got some really good young players as well. Um, this, yeah, this, this roster is only going in in one direction isn't it and yeah we're we're not we're not far away from we're well we're a legitimate good football team and back to the the kicking which we we talked about um all the woes in the kicking game this year eight eight of 18 field goals or whatever it is i think that's i think that's right um the odd mix missed extra point as well um Ryan Suckup has now finally been placed on IR for for the season, which, I mean, he he he's just not been fit the whole time. You know, I I, I get loyalty, I get his record, I get everything he's done. It's a it's a strange position. It's almost like the, if you're a kicker in the NFL, you're left to your own devices to a certain extent. And yeah, he may have gone to the team. Okay, I'm fine now, um, but. Yeah, he clearly wasn't, and the right decision has finally been made. Maybe too late, but he's he's gone on IR. Um, Santoso has has gone off of the logic. Why that was announced the day before Suckup being placed on IR, I'm not sure, because one thing surely meant the other was happening. But we've picked up Greg Joseph, who I'll be honest, I don't know too much about, other than sharing your, your name, Greg. Um yeah, he's, he's, got, he's, he's got to be good then, surely. He's he's got to be. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what some other kickers have done wrong, but you know, who I mean, knows? I'm, he might. This one, I'm quite surprised that I mean, Parky had a bit of a reputation when he first came, but I mean, he was relatively faultless for us. Um, I'm surprised they haven't yeah. gone back down that route. Obviously, they've obviously now gone down the Joseph route. I was quite surprised. I must admit, I thought that maybe. I don't know, maybe they had a chat with Parky and he was just didn't want to come back for whatever reason, or I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it had to be done, I think. Um, this is this has been the one of the biggest frustrations this this entire season. And I think the reason it's been so frustrating is because I can't remember the last time that I was worried about our kickers. And because we've had suck-up for a number of years now and he's always been 
we said, I think we said it about this last week. He's always been Mr. Consistent. He's always getting them in. He's always, you know, you, you literally, if you're within 50, you, you, I think I'd probably go off and grab a drink, not even worrying about the fact he's going to go and put it through. Um, it's got to be the worst position to play, though, because like you say, the pressure that, you, that you're constantly under, and like you say, it must be a pretty lonely place um, to kind of be a kicker because I don't think there's, and I, I might be wrong when I say this, but I think in the NFL, when you listen to players, there's no real respect for kickers. They kind of sit there and be like, "You've literally, you've got one job. You, you know, we have to do all of this, all of this, all of that. Um, you've got one job, just kick it through, and and that's that." So when you know when when players are, you know, are missing, that's why you see so many of them get cut after you know one or two bad games. Um, but yeah, I, I it's a sad. It's, it feels quite sad, and because I I don't know what this means for him going forward. I, I'd love to think that he's going to go and have a great off season, come back and be the the old Ryan Suckup. But will well, he, as I'm as sure. I'll tell you what, at the risk of pulling back the curtain um, to hmm. the fact that I'll stick a bit of commentary at the front of this podcast um his his kick in arrowhead in 2016 to win that game that's how that's how this podcast is going to start um and you know go, going back to those days and and the only reason there was any doubt about that was the fact it was about minus 20 that day and the ball would have been literally a block of ice mm-hmm. you know he he was mr reliable yeah. And the fact a, that he's been placed on IR rather than cuts is a sign of that. Yeah, it, it's it's a confidence position, isn't it? I know I, I celebrated on one of the podcasts when the news was coming that he's no longer on injury reserve, but I've now spent every game being nervous every time we have a field goal, regardless of how far out it is. I know, I know especially at the game at the weekend, it was we had a field goal and my instinct was I, I'm not confident. And obviously, with the block, it was proven that my confidence was right. And it, it's well, we it's, we, it like, we had a fake. Which we haven't talked about that fake punt, uh, which oh. probably yeah, the most obvious fake punt in history. It's <laughs> a reasonable it's, consensus. But that was the reason for that play. Yeah, it's because when the fake punt happened, I think all of us agreed that we saw the motion, and we all said, "Why would you let your um, punter, sorry, or kicker, sorry, just lob it up in the air?" To a I, who was the receiver who was going for it? Do we know the, who it was? Uh, Crookshank, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? So why in that position do you think let's throw it up and gamble? Whereas you have arguably the hottest quarterback in the league at the moment with one of the hottest receivers. And yeah, if you don't go for Brown, you go from someone else. If you're going to do a 50-50 gamble, why do you leave it in a situation where it's a fake, which is so obviously not a fake? Because I mean, I, none of us are, are I, yeah, none of us coach in the NFL. But we all saw it as a we knew what was happening here from one motion. Again, the bottom line there is that it was a fourth and ten, and it's a low percentage down, which yeah. whatever you do, and I, yeah, I didn't actually have a big problem with it. The the problem I had was the the motion that telegraphed exactly what was going to happen, um, and the the situation not having any confidence in suck up from what it would have been fifty odd, fifty five or something. That that situation lended itself to to doing that, um, and and actually, you know, it it could have worked. I, it wasn't the I'm, it wasn't the worst execution. Brett Brett Kern's got an arm, by the way. Yeah, it was it was a strange one because I I think I, I may be completely wrong when I say this, but I I um I was reading a tweet of someone said that Vrabel was trying to get 
um, essentially trying to get DPI, um, which I didn't think you could do in punt formation. There was some weird rule, and the motion is relevant to this, I think. Where yeah. It but, could have been called, but you know that that again that wasn't how that yeah, was. lost the game. So essentially, they yeah, I think they um they basically said that they were looking to draw DPI, um, on on the play, which you can't get DPI on on a play because there is no gunners. So yeah, it's a it's a very it was a very strange one. But uh, like you say, that didn't didn't lose us the game far far from it. But um, it was a very very strange. At the time, you just you just knew it was going to come straight away. As soon as you saw Hooker move across, you're like, okay, well, we're going for this then. But uh, yeah, yeah. But getting back to the, the kind of kicker side, I think I'm I'm kind of relieved that Suckups because I don't I don't want to see him struggle anymore. I kind of want him to go and take that off season, get himself right. Um, we'll see what happens after that. I don't think they put him, uh, you know, put him on IR as a you know because they think highly of him necessarily. I think they did that because probably because of. Uh, uh, the cap side, he's, he's just signed recently, I think, was it last year? I think a four or five year deal, wherever it was. So I think they've probably done that strategically to, before they make any decision on, on what, what they do with him. Just Am I just being around. nostalgic and romantic and fanciful by there's nothing suggesting wrong with that, that we might want to <laughs> might want to keep him? There's nothing wrong with that because, and in fairness, there probably is a part of that that's probably true. Um, but when, you, when you've already hit one, one in six this year, you yeah, you, you yeah, but he's, he's he's not fit, and with any luck, he'll be fit again. Fingers he, crossed. And and even if his head's taken a knock, I don't mean literally. Yeah. And yeah, he'll 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 bounce back with any luck. At the risk of sounding like Alan Partridge, we one thing, yeah, we were perennial sending our kickers to the Pro Bowl sort of team in <laughs> the last ten twenty years. Um, obviously. Yep, suck up isn't going, but the Kerninator, um, Mr. Brett Kern, the GOAT, he is rightly going to a Pro Bowl, as is Derek Henry. Um, we have six names as well on as alternates, uh, which being Tannehill, Casey, Bayard, Ryan, Poe Brinkley, how about that? And Roger Saffold, Bo Brinkley being the long snapper, anyone who doesn't know. Um, finally getting the credit he deserves but it just leads me on I mean I don't I don't want to talk about this for long particularly but I don't care about the Pro Bowl and I maybe would if I believed in how the voting got done um, I think that yeah this isn't just a Tennessee discussion at all and, and actually if you look at the, the names selected I don't think there's anything that outrageous going on but Players get picked on reputation, on how famous they are, how bigger, bigger name they are on the street. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't definitely isn't in the top three quarterbacks in the NFC this year, and he's going to the Pro Bowl as as one of their three. You know, it, it's and the event itself's a joke. That it's not a proper game. It's just a it's a end of the season jolly, and that that's that's all it is. You know, I'm far more interested in whether someone, I suppose, is an all-pro or you know, ultimately proper accolades that mean something. And I, and I know this does mean something to, to the players, but it's it's just nonsense how how the names get churned up. So. You're not a lot to tackle in it, so I don't see the point. Quite, yeah. After, after players just sort of roll to the ground. The only, the only part of the uh, 
Pro Bowl I have enjoyed, which is something they've recently introduced, is they sort of have competitions against each other like the week before in training. So sometimes it's quite good seeing like who has the best hands and they'll have quarterbacks showing off their accuracy on a sort of on an accuracy board. And that side of it, I have no problem with watching a defensive tackle see who can actually push a sled the furthest or whatever. That side of it I enjoy. <laughs> but in in the game time, it's what how long's it been since it was um was it Sean Taylor who popped one of the quarterbacks or someone like that? It was years ago. And since then I don't think you've been allowed to tackle in the Pro Bowl. You're not um, allowed to blitz, for example. Yeah. And they what's don't the, have kickoffs because you get hurt. Defense where you've got no blitz as a weapon. It is. It's. I, I get why some of the players might enjoy it, but and and just the way the vaulting works. I mean, I'll I'll quickly. I'm so, I, I brought this up previously. I don't know the statistic on like quarterback pressure, but Harold Landry has had a better year than Khalil Mack. But Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack, so he will be going to the Pro Bowl. Whereas Landry yeah. isn't even on the on the second choice. He's not, he's not even there and. There's a list of players. Who, I mean, I saw that Tyrone Matthew didn't make it, and he's the one exception where I thought Tyrone Matthew has had a brilliant year, and he hasn't even been selected. So I don't know how the voting works. It's just a bit of a farce, isn't it? It's a popularity contest that, that I don't think... I, it's any, anything that you can vote on Twitter with hashtags is is screwed up, in my opinion. It's like those uh, in the off-season when they did those who's got was it best fans or whatever crap it was that you do like... Uh, oh, all the voting and and that just went absolutely bonkers. because everyone was just retweeting it, being like, "Oh yeah, let's get the Titans to the final of some ESPN best fans vote." It's like, come on, seriously, just it's a Twitter Twitter poll, and then I think was it the Bills fans got rubbed up the wrong way, and uh, it was Matt Neely took off. to his grave whether he bought yeah. those votes or not, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's just one of those ones where yeah, it's it's a massive popularity contest. It's good to see. Like I, I think there's there's areas that you can say you know it's. Kern, for example, I mean, if there was any other punter, you you know, I think we'd all be up in arms thinking, what the hell is going on? Um, it's, yeah, it's good for people maybe like Bo Brinkley, who uh, has probably never, well, let's face it, it's probably half the Titans fans sitting there thinking, who, who, Bo who? Um, so, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. And I think essentially it's just an opportunity to take your family to Disney World. So, I think that's, um, it, that's what all it turns out <laughs> being is. Uh, jolly for the players, like you said earlier. So yeah, it's 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 not uh, it's it's one of those ones that I end up watching because there's nothing else to watch. But uh, get annoyed twenty it's minutes. It's also the middle of the night, so uh, yeah, gonna... yeah, it's late. It was, isn't it? I normally watch like the first twenty Is minutes, it? get annoyed, and turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> right, looking ahead. So the Titans are now eight and six, and statistically still a reasonable chance of making the playoffs but the, it's it's going to come down to I don't think there's any way it doesn't come down to needing to beat Houston now in week 17 and we know we can do that it's going to be tough in Houston um, but weirdness of scenarios means that it's quite possible that the Saints game this weekend which by the way is on Sky again um, so yeah hopefully we won't be missing the start of too many plays uh, we yeah it could actually that'll be a lot more relevant for new orleans than it is for tennessee because if houston beat the bucks it will mean that there's nothing to play for for the titans so essentially regardless of what happens in that game it will come down to needing pittsburgh to either lose to the jets this week or the ravens next and you yeah you'd fancy them to drop one of those two you would think um, uh, but 
the Titans will then need to win in Houston. Yeah, and yeah, it's a strange quirk with tiebreakers and stuff. But yeah, if Houston beat the Bucks, then nothing will change whether the Titans win or lose versus the Saints. If the Bucks beat Houston, however, then the division's up for grabs. So regardless of just sneaking in a final wild card, the Titans could win the last two and win the division in that scenario. If the Bucks beat Houston and the Titans lose to the Saints, then it would just be a win and win and in, and again hoping for Pittsburgh to drop somewhere. Did I explain that logically? So that it sense to me. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think it does a mass the, the Bucks Bucks Houston game, and that's actually on Saturday, which is quite good because it means you get a chance to actually watch it. But but it also that, it that, also means that the Titans will know. Yeah. When they play the Saints, whether there's any point in trying to win, if that I don't want to be too cynical. For example, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking of players like Derek Henry nursing injuries. If yeah. nothing's actually on the line, you don't want him putting in too many, you know, no, too agree, many snaps. Agree. I think um, that Vrabel is just sort of in, from from what you kind of see. I don't think they'll be taking any game lightly. But for, for like you say, Henry with his hamstring, which by the way is still we haven't talked too much about sort of Derek Henry's injury but it's, it's a real worry for me at the moment um, he didn't on you know last week he didn't have the burst that we've, we've seen from him previously I mean he couldn't find gaps as well because I thought Houston defended him really well but um, so if you get an opportunity to you know to maybe limit his snaps and then then you probably will end up doing that and that's when we see Dion uh, hopefully get a few more opportunities but Yes, I mean that's good. Uh, listen, I'm I'm hoping the Bucks. I want to I want to win the division. I think wild card obviously will take 100 percent any day of the week, but um, I really want to win the division because I think it's something that it feels like a long time ago since we've done that. Obviously, um, we I still I, I still think we're probably the most rounded team in the division, um, and it would be great to to go away and win it. So I'm still hoping for a Bucks win. And then back-to-back wins to to take us there, but yeah, it's it's a big ask. Anytime you have to ask for favors, it's it's, it's not fun. Not no. Yeah, but look, we're looking at the Steelers here, and if we un- we are a better team, we are a better team than the Steelers. And if anybody disagrees with me, they're wrong. I'll be honest with you. Tom Tomlin uh, has done works miracles to get them to where they are, um, because they they are a shadow of the team that they once were. Uh, they lost Big Ben early doors. They have that absolute clown Rudolph in there. Who, who I mean, he's the most <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I think the funniest thing is watching him get smacked around the head with a, with a helmet this year. Um, the and then obviously then you got what is it, Duck Hodges, who again pretty much showed what he's all about. They're not a great side. They're really not. But they seem to grind out results. And actually, it's people like I think when they I think. Yeah, signing Fitzpatrick, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, it's been a massive deal for them. He's won in probably two or three games with interceptions to to or pick sixes. So, but they seem to just grind out results. And I can see that if you look at the last two games, the Jets. I mean, I've got a little soft spot for the Jets. I think I said this in a previous podcast as well. But I hope you still do I, after I, after I, this weekend. I, I, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm. I'll, I'll hate. Left Bell's going to be up for it though. Yeah, you think, think about so, that. right? He's yeah, he's gonna be a bitter man with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he might he won't be going bowling this week, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he I, I don't know. I I just I think the Steelers are one of those teams that 
they're not great. They're they're nowhere near the level that they once were, but they'll they'll still go and nick a nick a, a result certainly in at least one of those games. And then if it comes down to week seventeen against the the Ravens, the Ravens could be already number one by then. They could be resting everyone under the sun. They could be, and if they're doing that, then you know it makes it even more difficult for us. So that's why I think again. That's why it was frustrating on Sunday because you're thinking when you win that game, all of a sudden everything's in your favour and you're looking good. Uh, let's just go and win the last two games. I think I know what you're saying. If, <coughs> if Houston win, then that New Orleans game doesn't really mean as much. Um, but you still you don't want to lose back-to-back games going into week no, 17, no, winning no. your in. So I still think they'll go hell for leather and they'll try and win that game regardless. Okay, quick, quick yes or no. Do we make the playoffs, each of you? Miles. Yes. No. Yes, but yes, but I don't think we win the division. I I don't want to say no, but I just I don't I just can't see after the week seventeen. I don't I don't see the right outcome. I, I'm not having a team can, with Doc Hodges at do quarterback doing it. I just no. I am. Um, I, I think if we if we win if we win in Houston, we make it because I think enough will go our way elsewhere. I I, I just think. I, that's the bit that worries me. It isn't actually Pittsburgh dropping a game. It's it's Tennessee winning in where we haven't won since 1983. Or I know they were formed in 2002. It'll be, uh, it'll, be but... it'll be. I tell you what, it'd be really interesting if we Houston win, we lose. That means Houston has tied up the division. So they're already there. Yep. What teams did they put out that week 17 game? Who are they resting? Or are they resting anyone? Already already now the division, do they rest anyone? I doubt they I doubt they do. Good sell, actually. But it's you know, do so it's they easy win. situation. Should where... we throw the game against the Saints so that they do <laughs> <laughs> Well it's just, genuinely you're thinking well, you've already won the division. You don't need to win this game. You're not going to, you don't really want to have let's face it, no no they they won't want Deshaun Watson out against our defence when we're fighting for a for a playoff place. Um, or Hopkins probably, or Fuller with his injuries problems this year. Is there? Is there? Is that our best route potentially? Uh, maybe we're all sitting there saying, "Oh, you know, come on, Bucks win." But maybe we should be sitting there thinking, like, if we've got the best chance of wildcard, might actually be going down that route. Maybe don't know. Maybe I'm. That's probably a little bit cynical because I'm, they're all professional <laughs> sports players at the end of the day they're, they're not going to be sitting there thinking oh let's go and throw a game against New Orleans they'll be going hell for leather I'm sure but mm-hmm. it's funny theory, how, how these think it's great time of year with all these scenarios and overthinking things and over analysing and then week 16 none of the results go the way you expect <laughs> everything's totally different again uh, but that's that's this time of year in the NFL isn't it well, let's face it, week 17, you'd much rather face a Houston team that have already sewn up the division, probably resting at least a few, rather than facing a Houston team that need to win to uh, to even yeah. get in the playoffs, potentially. So, yeah, who knows? We'll wait and see. But it's good, it's good that the uh, Bucks and Houston are playing Saturday, because that, that pretty much gives us then a good idea. It's not that the game's not at the same time. Which it does means... feel like a little advantage, that. <laughs> <laughs> slim, yeah, slim, well, slim advantage, we'll say. But uh, Winston's yeah. not going to throw a pick. Winston's going to have a clean game on Saturday. Now you're just talking crazy, Miles. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Winston wins games throwing five picks. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's, the past two weeks, he's been unbelievable in terms of 
yeah, he's thrown them picks, but his, his, he's broke the record, I think, in Tampa for consecutive games with like 450 or 400. Yeah, Something awesome. silly. Let's be but honest. He's... The guys, there's the uh, radio station in Houston that we were on the other day uh, listening yeah. back to them. They, they think we drink while we're on this podcast. And it's for comments like, Winston's not going to throw an interception. They think that. So I haven't received uh, any backlash. To, to, yet be, about, oh. to be fair, I am literally drinking a beer while being on this podcast. So <laughs> I, I've had a drink as well for the Oxford game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Nerves. <laughs> I I'm, think I'm sober, just in case anyone from Houston is listening. <laughs> yeah, he says and we're not ne- Irish. Necking, necking, uh, Lagavulin straight from the bottom. And they will definitely be listening after their their win. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I bet they will. Right, let's finish off the show with non-Titans related stuff. Um, Miles, what's the latest score? Did you say? Uh, it's half time. It's one nil to City, but we're doing okay. So we're okay. still in it. Right. Is it still um, raining? It, it's still raining, so we stand a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Equalizer's on its way. Finger, fingers crossed. Uh, what's Well, uh, you may wish to talk about that game. I don't know. What have you got to, to bring us? Yeah. So mine was, uh, I wanted to have a slightly more um, serious non-Titan related. Um, it follows on from, I know we've had some recent sort of We've had more listen, uh, more listeners, and I know on Twitter we're getting more followers. So I felt like now we're getting more people listening to us. It was a good time to sort of mention. Um, I always find Christmas is a great time of year for a lot of people, but um, for anyone who's a sufferer um, of mental health issues like myself, will know that it can actually be like a tricky time of year. And I always find that American football is always good distraction. And I always find Twitter and on Facebook when you have people to discuss it with, it's always a good sort of. Um, means of being able to like you said distract yourself and and make yourself feel a bit better so i just wanted to emphasize to anyone listening really um there's always sort of someone who is there to talk to you about anything you want to talk about i know some people don't like the idea of being honest and just saying how they're feeling after having a bit of a bad day but i found twitter and the amount of people i come across even if it's negatives about how we've played or anything else for that matter there's always there's always someone who's there to sort of even if it brightens your day if it's just a conversation. So basically, I just wanted to emphasize to people that yeah, uh, yeah this time of year it might it might t- it might be tough for a lot of people, but you know every, everyone's there's always someone there for you, always someone to talk to. So if if our podcast helps you sort of you feel a bit down and you want to listen to us talk, well, stupidity for myself about James Winston not throwing interceptions, anything that'll put a smile on your face or. <laughs> Just get you through a bit of a rough patch. I know it's that time of year, isn't it? And I, I'm just speaking purely on experience. I know how how bad it can be, and I just wanted to emphasise to people, yeah, just uh, every day's a new day, sort of thing, and just just keep going. And there's always someone there for you. That was it, really. I know uh, I could have gone on about Quality Street or something, and just as I'm talking to you, Oxford have made it one all. So we're going to make it a positive. It's one all to Oxford. Uh, <laughs> wow. But yes, well, well, serious, well said, well said. Yeah, on a serious note, it's it, it's one of them. It's some people don't like talking about it, but I'm on Twitter. All the guys are on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. If you if you want to, yeah. So Sunday, I, I enjoy my Sunday. Sunday's where you can switch off from everything. You've got the TV on, whether we're winning or losing, and it's just yeah, it's just nice to have that opportunity. I want to let everyone know that everyone has that opportunity. It's all there for you. Just just be open and. Don't be worried about how people are going to react. And I think people, well, if people don't react positively, if you you have a message with someone, whatever form of 
communication it is. If somebody doesn't react positively, then there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And I think Completely. most 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 people would, and it's not it's quite often hard to make that step. And people should. Yeah, well, yeah. well said. I like that. Whether listening to this podcast is good advice, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully but... <laughs> we're making people better. I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, not so sure about that. Right, Greg. I should have gone first. I mean, yeah. I should have ended with that. Let's face it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, moan, I'm going to moan about my uh, the Christmas present I've I've had to buy my wife. Um, Dyson sell Hoovers, right? Did you know they also have wands for hair that cost 450 yeah. quid? And that is what I've had to buy my wife this year. And Sorry, I just, what? I just, uh, yeah, seriously, it, I was just Harry Potter. It's not far off, to be honest. Yeah, apparently it's got like uh, I don't. Even, I, I, I I literally looked at it, went what ridiculous, and then still bought it anyway. Um, but yeah, it was so. Yeah, I, I might need to talk to someone. I think myself after I literally went went to pick it up earlier and was just like. You, I, you are literally robbing me blind, but um, but yeah, that's what the wife wants, what the wife gets. But four hundred fifty quid, basically, for a glorified hair dryer and styler. Crazy. They do the same with the um, I mean, the Dyson fans are that sort of price as well. And I like, don't I get me wrong, everything. I'm sure there's something special about them that there's no blade in them, but like, I, they, you can get one for like twenty quid. <laughs> at work, they've got uh, new Dyson taps, and I'm just, they're brilliant. Don't get me wrong, like they're absolutely brilliant. <laughs> 1200 quid a pop though. I was oh like, God. what? Dyson taps. The yeah. best you thing get water you can from them. Best thing you can do with a Dyson is call yourself Frank Wycheck and throw a lateral to him. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, he's 12th Titan this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah. good. Like that. Uh, I'm going to finish off. Uh, is it quality straight again? No, it's it's worse. It's it's odd. And this is this isn't a recent thing. It's, this is a bring it up when I don't have anything better to talk about sort of thing. So it's quite mundane. But we have humble brag. We have a cleaner who comes every week. Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah. No, we're the same. Um, how, don't, how does she don't, clean don't... Not every tower? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so what that means is we pay twenty-five quid for us to tidy the house to get ready for her each week and then then yeah. she does the easy bit and hoovers up and so on. but anyway this is neither here nor there she does a great job by the way if, you, if you're listening the chances <laughs> of like no barbara barbara we can get a tweet from uh, from barbara saying oh thanks love the pod this week thanks for the shout out well she she <laughs> might not be happy with well in fact it's Hashtag time. Criticism. <laughs> so, like, I use Sure antiperspirant. Other brands are available. Um, and spray cans. And, yeah, the spray cans will sit by the side of, on the little shelf by the side of the wardrobe. And every week, without fail, she will take it upon herself to throw a half-finished, and by half-finished, I also mean half-remaining, can of sure in the recycling <laughs> like she think I, I don't know i don't know what i can do about this but it's it's consistent so there's no there's no just imagining in it oh you've done that once by mistake like you can shake a can and tell that there's there's some left 
Just give and, her twenty. And it's just twenty-five. Like, that's, that's that's for me to buy some Norwegian. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a valid, valid suggestion. But like, uh, even even my wife, who would be the first person to say, "Shut up, Adam! You don't know what you're talking about." Um, which she will about almost anything else. She, even she's admitted that this is a bit strange. No, and you've noticed, and it keeps. She's like, "Well, just fish it out the recycling each week." It's not the point. Like, why? Why, why would you do that? Like, Maybe it's not like she's got some problem with the brand, sure, or <laughs> could could be. Something bringing back every time she goes into that event, she's just bringing back bad memories. Like I've been in that. That's weird. I don't understand yeah, why she used it, and she doesn't yeah, like the maybe. smell. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll buy you right guard or something for Christmas or links. <laughs> <laughs> links. <laughs> I don't smell because I use Links Africa. That's a bit niche. <laughs> the ultimate it? Christmas present. <laughs> I used to get those. Was yeah, we actually did this. Uh, we, so we went for uh, Christmas drinks last night, and we, we were talking about what's like the worst present you've ever received. And um, it's the shower happy. gel and Links Africa. Mm-hmm. Like so set. The, fir- the first, the first one though that, that pops up and says, says, uh, so my my grandmother every year um, used to always buy me um, pretty much the same present, and um, that present was just chocolate. And we're like, okay seems reasonable what's wrong with that yeah i'm allergic to chocolate <laughs> if i eat chocolate it will actually kill me literally the whole table just absolutely died <laughs> it was just the funniest thing in the world and we're just like right oh, but if, no if you bought quality that. street then you could have the toffee penny doesn't contain any chocolate and on that note <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we just can't do a podcast about talking about Quality Street now, can we? It all comes back to Quality Street. Begging for sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a good, that's a bloody good point, yeah. Is yeah, don't say another bad word about Quality Street. I think, is it Nestle? Is it Nestle? I do. No idea. We'll drop them an email. We'll drop them an email. Because we, we don't get paid for this, unbelievably. So let's Somehow. try sponsorship. <laughs> just pay pay not... instead of just commentary at the start every uh, episode let me be clear we're not doing this for the money right it's time it's definitely time to get out of here before well it's it's gonna be, it's an hour 10 which might be a record for the transatlantic titans podcast there's only three of us as well so yeah i didn't expect didn't expect that to happen but you know, it came back to quality street didn't it yeah always does Right, I don't know. It's Christmas and stuff coming up, so we we might be back next week. Hopefully, at some point, it might be a a shortened pod. It might be different people. No idea yet, because this is the first time I've even mentioned it. So we'll we'll work that out. In the meantime, we will beat the Saints, and we don't. Well, maybe, it turns out it's an upside maybe, of either way. Of we will have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We um, will win. We we do know that we won't have sewn everything up by end of week 16 but fingers crossed by week 17 we will have done um but yeah hope you've enjoyed it get in touch at transatlantic tn on twitter join the facebook group if you haven't already and yeah send us some love let us know what you think we will be back soon bye for now sign up sign up